This is Paving the Way, a podcast for young women looking for encouragement and advice. Each episode will focus on real life for real women. We're Tiff and Beth, a couple of women who are ready to speak to you honestly about our life struggles and our relationship with God. We hope by sharing our stories with you that we can help pave your way to Christ. Hey guys, it's Beth and Tiff again, and we're back this week after, you know, talking about hurt in the church, and we kind of took a little bit of time to talk about healing from hurt and getting over, but this time we want to roll into something a little bit different, and we're actually going to be talking about body image, and really the point that I want to make here is that anything that you're dealing with, it kind of stems from hurt, so the healing process is is a lot the same and we're going to tell you the same thing over and over again until it's going to be like that dead horse that we're beating but it's all about how it manifests and you know women I think especially we are stuck thinking that we're too skinny or we're too fat or we're too this or we're too whatever and there's a lot of focus putting put on wearing the right clothes having the right hair and being the exact correct body type. And it's definitely a pressure that society puts on us as women as a whole. And we've kind of let that happen. We've let it creep in um, into our culture as women. And so we really want to dig in to our testimonies a little bit about body image. Because every woman kind of deals with it. But I think sometimes we... We're not real with that we that we deal with it. We think that we're the only ones, so we don't really talk about it. Um, so we kind of wanted to share our stories this week on what we've dealt with in our mm-hmm. past. So I grew up with three older brothers, and we talked about this a little bit. Uh, so I didn't really care what people thought about me. I didn't really care about what I looked like. I played soccer. I played basketball. I was a tomboy, and I didn't really think about body image really until middle school hit and then high school because my parents got divorced and I kind of was separated from half my brothers and one of them went with me. So I didn't really have this constant overhead of protective brotherness, you know. And of course, when you start getting in middle school and high school, I think girls are a little more harsh to each other. (laughs) So I started noticing that I was kind of different than most girls because I was a tomboy I like to be outside playing with the guys and playing soccer. That's how I grew up. I noticed that I was being made fun of for that. In middle school, I was very skinny and had big ears and had big gaps in my teeth. I grew in my ears. Okay, I I finally grew into them. But I had gaps in my teeth and I got made fun of for all of that. I had some really, one or two close friends, but... After lunch, I would go to the bathroom, of course, just, you know me, I go pee a lot. That's just Tiffany's body. But I went to the bathroom and these girls started whispering and they thought that I was bulimic. And at the time, I didn't really know what bulimia was. You know, I didn't know that it meant making yourself sick or anything like that. But they just automatically thought because I ate lunch and then I went to the bathroom right after that I was making myself sick. So they were whispering that I was bulimic and a friend of mine, you know, she said, I think they're calling you bulimic. And I'm like, I don't even know what that means. So I kind of brushed it off, but at the same time, it really stuck and it hit home and it hurt a lot. Um, once I finally realized what it meant, 
And I think over the years, just being picked on because I wasn't a very full girl in the top um, for a very long time. I was a late bloomer. I uh, didn't really, I wasn't looked at that way by guys. And of course, as a girl, like you want to be looked at, you want to have a boyfriend when you're in middle school and high school. So I thought, well, I don't have the body type that guys want and nobody likes me. I'm not pretty. And I just really started to pick at myself and look at what's wrong with me instead of how God created me and the beauty that was Tiffany. So I thought my ears are too big. My gaps are too big. I'm not pretty. I will never be her. You know, she has what I don't have. I don't have what she has and I will never be loved like that. And, um, eventually I started working at a Christian radio station, like we've talked about. And, you know, I, I started noticing what God said about me, but the hurt was already done and I already had insecurities about myself. And so those didn't really go away. I think they were just buried. And so I went up to college. It was a nine month Texas, you know, Bible Institute it was a nine month go to grow program. And so I went off to college and I was, you know, not dating the right person for me and I broke it off. And when I was there, I started developing anorexia and bulimia, which is kind of crazy to think that what was spoken over me in sixth grade actually eventually came to fruition, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that's when we don't realize how powerful our words are toward each other, that eventually they can come to fruition, whether they're good or bad. And so, not blaming that person, but I just don't think we realize the effects that what we say and how we act towards people can affect people eventually. So, I really struggled with who I was. I had finally hit rock bottom. Um, I was a very athletic person. In high school, I, I was in basketball, and I was forced to lift weights. And so, I had this body of, you know, I had muscle on my bones. I had weight on my bones. I was probably in a size 8. And then when I went to college, I dropped down to like a zero within, you know, a six to eight month period. Yeah. And so, and a lot of that, a lot of it really had to do with, I was trying to be perfect and body, mind, and spirit. I really started to deal with perfectionism. I wanted to wake up at five o'clock in the morning because I lived with seven other girls. So I wanted to wake up and read my Bible and shower and be out of there before they woke up and the drama started. And so I was underfeeding myself. I was overworking and I was trying to be this perfect image that I thought God would love, even though I had been a Christian since I was 13 and knew that he loved me no matter what. I was still trying to be who I thought he wanted me to be to love me. And that destroyed, destroyed me as a person. It destroyed me as a Christian. It destroyed my view of God. And it, it's been a lot of uh, healing over the years. So I think it's kind of funny, um, like your story stems from being the odd one because you're too skinny, because you didn't develop, because you were odd. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm actually on the opposite side of the spectrum where I developed breasts in fourth grade. Mm-hmm. And I remember this thing and it was so frustrating at the time. I just didn't understand why they were making fun of me. I mean, I was a tomboy, too. I did not want breasts. Mm-hmm. Like, I would have happily run around with my shirt off like a tom, like a boy, mm-hmm. you know, playing in the mud and the muck. 
but I developed breasts and then I had to start wearing a bra and then I couldn't take my shirt off anymore. And then it was just this hassle to me. But what really was painful was these other girls. And for some reason, I became a threat to them because I had breasts and they didn't. And, you know, they were endless in their harassment. And it didn't matter. I remember they used to accuse me of stuffing my bra and none of them wore bras at all. I was Mm -hmm. the only one. And so one day I'm like, well, obviously the answer to solving this problem is to just not wear a bra. Mm -hmm. So I came to school without a bra on and then I was gross for not wearing a bra. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and it was just this thing where I couldn't escape it. No matter what I did, I, you know, I couldn't run away from my own body. I couldn't, you know, change who I was. And it feels like you ran to God, like you tried harder and harder and harder to be the perfect person. I just stopped. And I said, well, I'm done with this. I'm not good enough. I'm not going to be good enough. And that's, that's fine by me. And I just kind of rebelled and went the opposite direction. You know, and I started failing classes on purpose. And I started just really self-destructing in really painful, obvious ways that no one understood because I didn't talk about it. I just did stuff. Like, but I wouldn't explain any, there wasn't reasoning behind it, but I wouldn't explain how I was feeling or what was going on. I didn't tell people that I was being bullied. I mean, endlessly. I mean, and this continued through middle school, through high school. I remember being called things like thunder thighs and all kinds of just rude, harassing things. And and again, like, I rode horses. So I had big, muscular thighs. I ran track, was running, you know, on the 4 by one team. So I wasn't fat, but I felt fat. But instead of turning to ways to not be fat, instead I just turned away from everything. So I shut everyone out of my life. I became a complete loner. I... And... And in other ways, I found acceptance and love. And you turned away from food and made food the thing that you were going to make, you were going to correct in your life. And really, I chose boys. You know, I found boys who found me attractive and I reveled in their attention. You know, I I found out that some people did find me attractive and I could make them do whatever I wanted. And that became an addiction mm-hmm. where it was it was this power that I had that I took back for myself. So instead of, you know, I just I just did everything that everyone wouldn't want me to do. And then I got pregnant at 17. And that was kind of the showstopper for me body image wise because at least at that point it was kind of like I just messed up my whole life because of how I feel. You know, and that didn't really stop all of my bad behavior. You know, it did definitely take me on a different path than where I was headed. It was one of those like, Jeep. Um, But, you know, I'm human and flawed and I still have flaws. And I went on for a while with the, you know, the attention seeking, but I did it in different ways. And it's re- it's one of those things where... I don't think as as much as we want to, magazines and reality television and all of this stuff that's being pushed at us, it is harmful. 
but it is harmful. But it is not nearly as harmful as your peers. So if you're a young girl out there, the best thing that you can do is to speak life into your friends. And girls who aren't your friends, seek out those people. You know, we had a girl talk to us in one of our first small groups about being a mean girl and trying to change that. And, you know, and that's awesome. I mean, it's not awesome that she was a mean girl, but it's awesome that she's trying to change that. But to truly change, you don't have to just apologize. You have to change everything about you. You have to seek out people that you wouldn't seek out and speak to them and bless them. And as women, we should be, you know, bringing each other up. And it's so hard because even as a grown woman, you know, we see, we just see people bringing each other down and it's so easy to fall in that spiral of talking trash or thinking badly about other women or, you know, coming to assumptions, like coming to the assumption that you were bulimic, right? you know, without even thinking getting to know me without getting to know someone, yeah. we're so afraid of connection and, you know, we all have to be the best and we all have to have that special attention that we end up fighting each other. And that mm-hmm. is not what God wanted for us. Right. And I don't, I also don't think, like I talked about earlier, that we think about the repercussions of what we say. Because that one thing that was said to me when I was in sixth grade, and then when it eventually started happening, took me years to get over. I mean, I probably dealt, at first it started out with just anorexia, and then it turned into an exercised induced anorexia where I would eat a brownie and a, you know, a cupcake. And I'm, I'm thinking, Oh man, that was 600 calories. I'm going to go to the gym the next day and run off 600 calories until, I mean, I knew it was gone. You know that, I mean, I beat my body up for probably about two to three years. Uh, and I started dealing with, you know, bulimia and I don't know what that was. I don't know if it was just a, it was a guilt ridden thing, you know, oh my goodness, I've eaten so much. I can't work this much off. Now I have to get rid of it now because tomorrow I can't burn a thousand calories in a, you know, in a sitting. And it's just not a healthy way to treat ourselves, especially since we are all creations of God. Mm-hmm. And also just the idea that that one thing that was a seed and that was planted in me and it took me years to get over And I can officially say that I'm healed from that, but it wasn't an easy process. Mm -mm. It was finally, I mean, it's not always supposed to be a man. You know, we're not supposed to find our value from a man. It's definitely Mm -hmm. from Christ. But at the same time, God used Jeremy at the time of my life, my husband. You know, we we had been dating for a while. We had gotten married, and I was still kind of struggling with it. I was working in a radio station again. I kind of went back and forth for a while. Um, But, you know, being with him you know, we started talking about having kids and he said, I am not going to have kids with you until you can take care of yourself the way that you're, that that you're meant to take care of yourself. Like, and so I finally was like, okay, God, I have to treat myself the way that I'm really supposed to treat the body of, you know, this temple that you've given me to take care of. And that's when the healing process truly started for me. And I can say that I'm healed, but when you're going through that, it feels like you're never going to get out of it. I mean, it's literally a thin cage or this cage of I'm never going to be good enough. And it's a horrible cycle of I'm going to work towards being good enough and then you fail again and then you're depressed. And then, I mean, it's just awful. So we understand what body image and insecurities feel like. 
So if you're going through that, I mean, definitely email us, look us up, talk to us and let us know, you know, what you're going through. And maybe we can help give you some advice on how to get out of it because it's so important to have people to walk alongside of you to push you forward. Because without, without those words from, from Jeremy, I can't say that I would not still be struggling with the same issues. Right. I mean, and not until I finally got together with Jamin did I realize that I wanted to change from someone who sought the attention and approval of people to fill that hole, mm-hmm. you know, and that's really what it creates. Like, I feel like every time you say something about someone, they, there's this saying that, you know, words will never hurt me, but they do. And I think when you say bad words against someone, you're, you're driving nails into their soul. And even if that nail becomes removed, there's still a scar You know, when I had the opportunity to work with youth in our church, I wasn't sure that's what I wanted to do. And not because I'm afraid of high school girls, but I really just did not want to put myself in that situation again. I didn't want to put myself back surrounded with high school girls because... You dealt with that brutality. Because I dealt with it for so long. And, I mean, girls of all ages are... Or can be very cruel. But, you know, in high school, I think that's the, the most lasting impression you have of people. You know, you're not an adult, but you have the feelings of an adult. And you have the responsibility of an adult. You really do. At 16 and 17 years old, you're driving. You're able to work. You have all of this these things. You want to go to college. You want to continue the rest of your, your life. And you're dealing with people who are there to just put you down and make you fail. And then in those situations, I know that you have said things about girls and I have said things about girls that we shouldn't have said Mm -hmm. because hurt people hurt. And we've talked about that too. And so we have to tell my son this all the time when him and his brother are arguing I look at him and they're arguing and I'm saying, be the bigger person. Mm -hmm. And the only way to stop a cycle is for you to close your mouth and stop it, Right. you know, because it can be a vicious cycle and a horrible gossip reel. And we have to start pouring out love to others. So, and I want to say like body image, you know, you talked a little bit about things other than your weight. It's not just weight, you know, we pick at ourselves over the color of our eyes, the shape of our nose you know, the way our teeth are crooked, how we smile. And I really want to point out, you know, that beauty is not skin deep. (laughs) And you can say, oh, yeah, okay, Beth. Mm -hmm. But it really isn't because what makes you beautiful is on the inside. I know plenty of pretty women out there who are just nasty. And, you know, Jesus, please save them from that because when you talk to that woman it doesn't matter how pretty she is anymore on the outside you really don't want anything to do with that or even women who put so much makeup on they they don't even look like the same person Mm -hmm. And, and I don't I don't quite understand that I mean I do a little bit because I mean I have dark circles under my eyes sometimes I want to cover those up but getting to that place where they are so disgusted with the way that they look that they have to completely cover it up. Mm -hmm. Now, I know makeup can be fun. That's one thing. But if you're literally trying to transform yourself to look like a totally different person, I don't quite get that. And, you know, and the thing is, is that beauty standards 
are not a thing. You know, we talk about beauty standards, and it's the standards of people and the standards of people of this earth, and people are all flawed. And when you make a standard, you're just setting a bar so that you can be better than other people or worse than other people, depending on how you feel. Like, it's just setting you up to say, okay, well, that's that's it. I If I'm not that beautiful, then I'm not beautiful enough. Or, you know, I am this beautiful and none of you are as pretty as I am. Um, but really, you know, when you think about it, you can want to look like Beyonce or Kim Kardashian or Taylor Swift or whoever, you know, your beauty icon is. But all of those women are vastly different. And they're meant to be different, as are we. We were I wasn't meant to be Kim Kardashian and Tiffany wasn't meant to be Beyonce. Mm-mm. And you know, and I'm sure there's <laughs> women out there that look like Beyonce or Kim Kardashian, but that's not we weren't meant to be twins. Mm-hmm. We were meant to be different. And even if there are twins out there, because I know there are, you are both beautiful. You are all beautiful in your own right. You can look identical to someone and you are still a unique individual. And that is what God has for us. We're not Stepford wives here, ladies. We, we are beautiful in our own power, in our own way. And we were made in his image, unique and blessed. So next time we are going to dig in a little bit deeper on where our beauty comes from and accepting ourselves for who God created us to be. So we look forward to that. This yeah. is paving the way. To our listeners, thank you so much for your support. You can follow our podcast and other ministries at pavingthewayministries.org. From there, you can connect with us directly, find all of our episodes, and read more on our blog. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you'll be back with us next time.